Hello, and welcome to the Empowerography Podcast. This is a platform created for women's voices to be heard and a place to share their stories, journeys, and successes with the world for the purpose of helping other women who might be on similar journeys. We are empowering women one episode at a time. I'm your host, Brad Walsh, so kick back, grab one of your favorite beverages, and enjoy the stories. The world needs to hear your message and your story, so don't deny the world of that gift within you that the universe has given you. Someone out there needs to hear your story because it will support them in feeling hope, inspired, and even transformed. Do you want to discover how I help get my clients out of their own way, show up, and confidently share their message? I would love to extend an invitation to you to join me in my free masterclass, Start Your Own Podcast from Idea to Implementation, on Wednesday, April 5th at 1 p.m. Eastern. You can find the registry link in the show notes. Hope to see you there. Hello there, Brad Walsh here, your host of the Empowerography Podcast. Today, my guest is Anna Grace. She is a juicy creatrix, a certified life coach, an artist, a body positivity advocate, an Akashic Records practitioner, a Renaissance medicine woman, a wellness seeker, and an alchemist. Welcome, Anna. Thank you so much for taking the time to be here today. How are you doing? Thank you, Brad. Thank you for this beautiful introduction. <laughs> I'm doing well. <laughs> Excellent. I'm glad to hear it. Well, thank you for taking and making the time to be here with me today. I'm looking forward to sharing your story and your journey with the audience. So let's jump right in. As mentioned, you are all of those things. You wear all of those hats. That is one hell of an extensive resume. How do you find the time for all of this, Anna? And how important is prioritization and organization to you in order to stay on top of things? Yeah, so there is some stuff which is kind of like moving out of the picture. And sometimes it's a seasonal as well. Because when I work as a creatrix, as a photographer, as artist, it's very seasonal. In my place, which is Calgary in the mountains. So Mm -hmm. my winters are usually where I can spend more time doing other work. So it's very seasonal, it's very cyclical, and of course there is prioritization. I'm moving more towards fully embracing coaching full-time, while my photography work is on back burner. And this all includes the other modalities we talked about. On the other side, like the art, it's a play. So it's a playground which is bringing me the most of the joy, and I always carve time for my playtime and pain and joy. I usually like have schedule when I work on my business, when I see clients in person, when I work with my coaching clients, when I get my coaching in and other stuff. So there is some schedule always around. And of course, there is time for family and friends and events and socializing. So yeah, I sometimes uh, think my life is very full, but still somehow I, I carve time for like a peace and, you know, and nature and life. Yeah. So being a serial entrepreneur or a multi-passionate and wearing so many hats, I would love to know what does your morning routine look like? It's also cyclical. <laughs> so it depends on the season. So right now we are in the winter fall season when I sleep a little bit longer and I usually meditate in the morning at home. And yeah, I don't do much in the morning other than meditation, some journaling when it's nice and quiet. I wake up at six usually. 
And that's really like a nice and subtle, quiet routine. In the summers, I usually wake up before the sunrise and I love to be out for the sunrise, either for a run every second day. And if I'm not running, it's not my running day because I'm over 40. So I'm apparently not supposed to run every day. (laughs) (laughs) Then I'm going outside just to walk my dog and I meditate by the river. I, I live right on the edge of the provincial park. Okay. Uh, so I'm right in the nature. So I usually just go out and yeah, and I do my morning routine, which is like a walk, meditation, a run, and then I take a shower and I'm having my coffee in the morning with elixir, you know, some good stuff in it. Um, usually like some mushrooms, aptogens and cacao. So it's a beautiful elixir. And then I start my work day, which is usually my computer, my laptop. Sometimes I go to the coffee shop to socialize or I have meetings and Zoom or in-person meetings. Quite a full day, good routine to get the day started. So I have to ask, because you've piqued my curiosity, what is a juicy creatrix and what inspired you to give yourself that title? Yeah. So if you can imagine like you are in the jungle, Uh maybe in Mexico or Costa Rica, and there is like a really ripe mango Uh and you eat the mango without cutting, just like taking the skin off and then you, it's really juicy. It's kind of with me and creativity and my ideas. They are always over flowing. Okay. (laughs) I'm very abundant or like I, I feel like if I meet a person, I can see their potential and ideas like flowing around this person. And I have lots of abundant creativity, which is like always, always juicy. And that's where the world is coming from. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So yeah, so like juicy mango, just dripping with creativity. What drives, motivates and inspires you to keep going and pushing and excelling at all that you do, Anna? It's probably the curiosity. And I'm very curious. I love to learn. I always love to learn. And I always have a list of stuff I want to try. I want to explore. I want to see and I want to learn about. I love to read. I love podcasts and learning from podcasts and then exploring more, you know, like reading books. And I have lots of inspiration from nature, from traveling and just generally like lots of drive for life and excitement. And so why have you decided to focus your energy and business on helping to empower women? Did this journey for you begin with some of your own personal struggles? Yes, I have lived through some really big struggles and I call myself survivor and I overcome some really, really deep traumas and PTSD, which followed those traumas. They came in the childhood and they were like a multiple traumas, like layer on layer on layer. And I can see how this impacted my life and And how much time it took from my life to heal and to just, you know, be well and enjoy the life and feel back in my body. So when I see the woman and I see their potential, I usually can see in the future, like her best self, her highest self. And I can really connect to the 
stuff which happened in women's life and with sometimes they are not living the life they want because of the traumas or because of the past and okay. i know i really can feel how healing those traumas can tremendously change lives and how empowered women can basically be a queen and feel so happy there is so much stress and overwhelm anxiety and and often people are just running around and they cannot feel the beauty they cannot see the beauty they cannot feel the joy and i just want people to be happy and feel this joy and sometimes we go through this pain right to mm-hmm. go on the other side and be able to understand more and I was in the space when I didn't see this as a blessing. I was not grateful for this pain, but with the healing work I have done around the pain, around forgiveness, I can see how this shaped my life, but also I want to also help people to shape their life better and to come on the other side because the other yeah. side is a joy. It's all the feeling. It's beautiful. It's beautiful and because I was there, that's brought me to the same place. I'm here right now. And I think that's the most important for me. And that's why I I started helping. Even when I was doing the photography, I could see there was so many insecurities and, you know, and the whole body positivity movement just started not long time ago, you know, as well, right? As mm-hmm. you have the same, like similar experiences. Yes. And they were really insecure. And I think this started with the boudoir photography as well for me to see the woman and insecurities. And it was also part of the healing process for me to be back in my body and to love my body back, to feel my body, to be connected. And so all those parts together, it's kind of like all those layers, they came together, you know, they shaped all those experiences. Yeah, they shaped who you are as a person, as a woman. And so what would you say is one of the most important lessons or takeaways that you've learned through all of this, all of these experiences and this process that you've gone through? I always hear that people don't change. And maybe that's true. But right now, I think what I see people can change and people can heal and people can be better. And I have seen that. So this is the lesson, I think, for me as well. And this is the biggest lessons that people actually can change. So this is like a cliche saying that people don't change. They can just acknowledge their higher parts. They can acknowledge their divine parts. They can acknowledge their healed parts. And they can really change and accelerate. I think this is the biggest lesson I can recall. (laughs) Now, being a creative, an artist, what set you on this path of creativity? How did your journey into the creative world begin? This is actually a really funny story because (laughs) apparently I was drawing when I was six months old. I could draw like a bird, like a flying bird and people faces before I could even walk. (laughs) Six months old? Yeah. And yeah, so this was apparently something I did. 
but <laughs> I was always connected to the art, drawing, painting. I went to art college, to art school, and I was actually learning there the black and white photography, a dark room style. So basically the whole parts of my life. And then I was actually healing through the art and art was always my escape in my darkest moment. I cannot see myself without art. The art is just like, you know, people are, it's a breath for me. Yeah, it's breathing. Art is incredibly, it's such an incredibly powerful tool for so much. I mean, all different art forms, music, painting, photography, of course, photography for you and myself, they're, they're just incredibly powerful tools that can be used for so much in this world. And I think that all kids should start art classes at a young age. Art should be taught all the way through school. I think it's so important to children's development. Yes, I agree 100% with this. And I wish there is more art in schools. And I see some of that. I was lucky to send my kids to some art schools here in Canada. We don't have enough art schools. I think we should have more. And this includes all kinds of creativity, like music, dance. Yeah, yeah. Everything. They are all needed and they are all so important for the development and for creation. And, you know, just like making us human, I believe that we are human because of art. Yeah. We can't, I could not even imagine the world without art in it, any art form in it. Could you imagine not having music or not having photography? It's impossible to imagine life without art. Yeah, I cannot imagine this. Even, you know, living without senses, right? It's yeah. Living without senses. It will be a really terrible world. <laughs> yeah, I, I just want can't, to be there. <laughs> can't imagine it. No, definitely not. Yeah. So you said that art led to and helped in your healing. So healing tied in with your spiritual path. How did your journey begin down the spiritual path and all of these modalities that you're trained in? How did that start for you? So first it started with religion and always being connected and always being curious about learning about religions. So I grew up as Catholic, but I went away from the Catholic church at a very early age and decided to to be atheist for a while. And then I explored some Hinduism and meditation and stuff. And th- this bring, brought me back to going to the Quranic school. <laughs> Completely crazy two years of learning Arabic and going to Quranic school mm-hmm. and learning about Islam, which later I just like learning about all those religions, but not really practicing religion but learning about the God, learning about the spirituality. And then when I moved to Canada, I got more involved in the Christian church. Okay. Uh, more open-minded Christian church. And I started to dig deeper into the spirituality, more open spirituality and more connected spirituality, even some shamanism practices, still being, you know, grounded in my belief in God and, but exploring with open mind and looking for connection between the worlds, between the different places in the world, how there is similarities in when I was exploring, you know, Christianity, Buddhism, all these parts. 
And at the same time, I started my healing work with the art therapy. It was in 2002 when I actually started my own therapy with beautiful person who was helping me to heal my trauma throughout art therapy. And I got also very interested in yoga, in meditation, in all the Eastern practices. So it's all the layers, you know, and all the explorations over 20 years, I would say, or maybe if we go even back to Hinduism exploration when I was like around 15 years old, then it's almost like a 30 years of journey to spirituality to kind of bring me back to the source. <laughs> and yeah, and right now I'm really connected to the Christ consciousness and living my life through the Christ consciousness and through, okay. yeah. So that's basically the whole journey in the spiritual world, but I'm open to learn always. So I love to learn about the history, about the ethnography, about all the cultures. And because of this, I can always see the connection and I can see layers of spirituality, which are similar, even the traditions from the East side, from the West side, from the Northern cultures. And this was always really my passion to learn about this. And this all connects with the art history as well, right? So yeah, that's all together. It's kind of like just fascinating st history of the world and uh, way to the spirituality. Everybody has a personal. <laughs> it's different for everybody. But I was always very open-minded and very curious. And I wanted to learn. And I wanted to read all the scriptures from different religions and i always wanted to know and understand so yeah mm. and so being trained in multiple areas and modalities can you speak a little bit about that and how you incorporate these modalities into your work as well as could you give us a brief overview of your approach when working with your clients yeah. So I work with clients just using coaching, basic, you know, ICF coaching, which is asking questions and not leading the client and looking for the answers in the client's inner world and exploring and deeper connection to themselves, which is a very straightforward coaching. But I also have clients where we use art therapy techniques. And with some of the more spiritual people, we open Akashic Records and we work with Akashic Records and we work with some of the healing techniques, energy techniques, and then we do coaching and then we do some art therapy. When I lead events, group events, then usually I like to explore a few different modalities during the events. Depending on intuitive guidance I get for the event, I sometimes use some shamanic practices, some breathwork practices, and then I move towards Akashic record or meditation, and then we do some art therapy. So it's always flowing. And one of the elements I use as well is nature. So with my local clients, I actually love to do the coaching sessions in nature. And in nature, we do a normal talk kind of coaching style session, but we can also some stuff like journaling right now. And it's very trendy to journal, but the journaling is actually art therapy technique. 
And the same with expressive art therapy techniques. They have so many different modalities, which are actually like, it's a meditation can be actually used as an expressive art therapy technique. Some embodiment practices where we are moving our body in different directions or dancing. So I try to incorporate all those modalities too. And it's very individual. So when I work with the clients online, on Zoom, we have different approach because we cannot connect, you know, in person. But yeah. I really love to work with clients in person, with local clients, and actually explore all the senses and use all the senses to heal and all the senses to coach. And that's one of my favorite things to see and to see how simple things are even changing when we are going for a session, let's say, to the forest and we do the session just walking barefoot or using some of the cold deep therapy or breath work. And so, yeah, so there is lots of intuitive guidance in how I work with every client. And sometimes we just start with the subtle techniques, which are like just like a painting or drawing. And then we move to more expressive ones, which are actually a movement and scream or anger, different anger releases from the body. Or some okay. of the somatic techniques. Yeah, so it's full layer of the modalities. And I think one of my favorite too is the poetry and adding the movement to the poems. You know, working on the, let's say there is an issue uh, we are working on and the problem we are trying to resolve and just writing a few poems about this problem. First poem and using different tone modalities so okay. one is, let's say, angry, then the other is we are grateful or the other is we are forgiving. So there's lots of options to work with art therapy because it's working with subconscious mind. Yeah. So all the healing, all the coaching can be really accelerated with art therapy. And the art therapy tools are usually, you know, so uh, rich and there's so many options. So if there's option for every client. Now, you say that you bring good girls to wild queens through revolting, embracing their sacred feminine, and discovering their unique soul magic. Why is this particular mission so personally important to you, and how do you help your clients accomplish this? This is important for me because I was a good girl as well. And in my past life, a previous life, this life, but let's say me a few years ago, I was really compromising a lot of things and sacrificing myself. And because of this, I was always overwhelmed. I was always overworked. I was kind of living like this a bubbly head, you know, not feeling, not connected. And this also was taking me away from the joy. And even when I had those packets, I called it like a pockets of happiness because I was always able to express some joy, but it was not constant. It was not the feeling of peace and joy, you know, constant peace of love and joy. It was most likely maybe the 20% of the day. And I knew this was, right now I know that this was because of the compromising a lot of things about being a good girl and trying to fit the roles, not being fully expressed and not being fully expressed in all my gifts because I was sometimes ashamed of the gifts I got or of the 
person I am and I see a lot of this guilt and shame and this is what I really would love to slay and help people to leave behind especially girls <laughs> even yeah. that I actually work with some clients who are male but they also sometimes are showing in different scenarios and they are not really embodying the you know who they are supposed to be and there are so many people who are just, you know, just waking up, going to work, coming back to work. They are numbing with Netflix. or oh, They're like zombies. They're not yes. living their lives. Yeah. They're, they're just doing what they think they're supposed to do. And that's what's important for me. And that's why I want them to rebel. I want them to rebel because we can have a better lives. We can live better lives. We can just have more joy and just have more pleasure in life. And pleasure doesn't have to be like this crazy, like it doesn't have to be like a Lamborghini and mansion. Some people are thinking this is going to bring them pleasure. Sometimes it's a simple things, just bringing us the pleasure daily and bringing us back to who we really are. Um, we all have gifts and some people can see the good in others and some people can see those gifts in others. And I believe one of my gifts is seeing some of this magic in other people and being able to help them to develop this and to rebel towards this zombie life, right? And embody the wildness because we are wild humans. We are not meant to be living in the city and even just, you know, being connected to the technology all the time, which I also understand because <laughs> we need this right to... That's right. Uh, but, well, look, we're we're utilizing it right now. It is yes, unfortunately it's a necessity, right? Yes, you're right. Needed, that's right. right. That's right. And balance is key. This, yeah, and just even seeking the balance and seeking this happiness moments and make them bigger. That's a rebellion for me. And yeah, and joy, rebellion of joy, and feeling the pleasure and feeling all the feelings. We are often just numbing because we don't wanna be sad or we don't want to be angry but that's what's important that's the rebellion that's how i approach this that's for me like feeling all the feelings feeling the joy seeing the magic and seeing the beauty in simple things as well yeah it is the simple things that that bring the most joy for sure so what is it that sets you and the work you do apart from other coaches why would they choose to work with you over someone else well, I think I I have a big ex life experience. That's the first thing. And there were so many of them and so many of them to overcome. So I think my experience in overcoming and overcoming and also unbecoming to become who I am now, that's for sure it's something setting me apart, living the life I had and... The other part is I'm always open to learn and learn more and explore and very curious. And I'm such a big believer in the people stories too and the hero story and yeah. changing everything around. And so I think this is what makes me different. Um, okay. I'm also, beside all this, what I'm working, I'm also neurodivergent. <laughs> so... I don't have to overcome just the traumas. I also have to make this fight with my brain 
during the last seven years of my life. So that's a little bit different than, you know, other people, I think. But I don't know. We are all special. I think there is a coach for everybody, right? Yeah. And everybody has different qualities and is drawn to this person for their reasons. So I'm not telling that I'm the best coach for everybody, but for some people I may be the right choice. And I may connect with them better because of these experiences and this what I overcome. So I guess, you know, that's who we are. We are all very unique and we are all connecting to these special people. What would you say is the most important quality or skill set in a coach? Well, I think empathy is really the key and being able to look on the other person with no judgment. I think probably for me, this is the most important, like empathy and no judgment and not attaching themselves and taking things personally. And so what is your greatest strength as a coach, do you think? So I think probably is curiosity. That's something which came also when I was doing my art therapy certifications. And so the curiosity, I'm always curious. I like to know more and more and more and more. And I'm a good listener as well. So that's, I think. (laughs) Okay. Okay. I think this is it. (laughs) Now, being a women's empowerment advocate and all the work you do to empower other women, what do you do to empower yourself? When I started... (laughs) On the other side of the camera, I thought, oh my God, this is the worst place to be. Because I was always a photographer and I had a really bad relation with my own body. And I didn't love my own body. I abused it a lot with diets and different crazy fat diets and stuff. Trying Mm -hmm. to be skinny and skinnier and skinnier and then binging and so there was a lot of of this and not loving my body so one of the things i'm doing now and is actually enjoying the photo shoot i'm in them and i have lots of photographers friends of course yeah (laughs) so i have a friends who i like and we have lots of fun taking those pictures so we are dressing up we are going somewhere we're taking pictures and we try to do those pictures to empower ourselves and then we don't photoshop them or do any crazy things about them and more pictures we take and more we look on ourselves i notice that this is actually so empowering to see yourself from different like a perspective and loving yourself more And even getting older and seeing yourself through different lens and more of the love glasses and love lens, this is very empowering. So this is something I'm doing for myself. But this is one thing. (laughs) But I also sign up for the 10K in September. So I believe this is also really empowering for me because I'm not a runner. I have been athlete. I have been a swimmer in national team as a young adult, a teen, but I always hated to run. So last year I ran 5K for the first time in my life. Congratulations. Yeah, I started running and this uh, fall we are uh, signed for 10K and we are training uh, even in the winter 
not today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hopefully oh, I'm already checking on Saturday. It's going to be uh, minus three, so I'm ready to run. And this is very empowering because it gives me this beautiful energy of, you know, it's like chemical too. And my brain feels so happy. And I do this to be in the nature as well. And so speaking of empowerment, what does that word mean to you? This is a really big word. I think it's lifting people up. And when I look on this, like, in visual way, I have this visual, you know, like, uh, imagination where I can see. I see actual hands. Literally, I see we are lifting people up, holding them and lifting them up. That is powerful. I love it. Anna, what do you think your unique skill set or superpower is that's helped you become successful? Yeah, it goes back to my curiosity. <laughs> that's for sure. And when I see on, it's also my neurodivergent brain, which actually is seeking the answers, also, you know, looking for the answers and digging deeper and deeper and deeper. But I also, is a resilience, resilience and, you know, hopefulness and a hopeful person. And sometimes my friends, they call me naive, but still I believe in miracles. <laughs> Nothing wrong and with that. And I have seen miracles in my life and I have seen miracles in others' lives. So I disagree. This is not naivety. This is just a big, big hopefulness. So I always have this optimistic outlook that everything is going to be good. How do you define success? What does that word mean to you? First of all, this changed so much during the years. When I started my first business, I thought that success is just being able to travel the world and doing the work you love and being able to manage your own time. And yes, this is part of the success and I have been there. And I'm really grateful that photography brought me around the world and I was able to, you know, travel so much and see so many beautiful places. But also it changed lately, I think. Right now I see it more as actually a peace and being at peace and being at peace with yourself and being able to just feel this joy of life. So this is success for me, being fully embodied in this joy. It's also like moving target. <laughs> so <laughs> I think it, it was changing in the perspective of years. And I don't know if it's steady, but I feel basically successful all the time since last 20 years. Even through the failures, I still yeah. It's a So maybe it's a feeling. Maybe it's a feeling, you know, you can have this feeling regardless where you are. What would you say is one of the most important things you've learned in your life? And what was your life like before you learned it? And what was your life like after learning it? Yeah, I was thinking about this question. And I think one of the important things is that when you are living in the victim mentality, you are really not seeing beyond the victim mentality. And it's, it's really hard to actually to break out from this. It's really hard to, but then when you're on the other side, it's totally different world just opened and uh, there is world of possibilities. And so one of my uh, greatest, biggest lessons was to see this and to actually understand this because when people are in the victim mentality, they don't see it. They, they are not able to comprehend this. And then suddenly when they're on this other side and they see 
all those little pieces, like how hard some stuff can be. So I guess that's how I can define this. It's very hard to see it when you're in it. You have yes. to be able to take yes. a step outside of it or take a step back and look in, but that's not easy to do. And I also notice people are often judging. Uh, yeah, for sure. Are in victim mentalities and they cannot break through it. But yeah. this is a really hard thing to actually break. It's really, really hard to break through it, especially for people who have lots of PTSD, which is layered up and they never had a professional help. I can see this is really hard. So I'm never judgmental. I'm never judging people who are still there. And I know it's really hard to break. Hey, we're going to jump into a little rapid fire section here. So the next grouping of questions will just be two, three, four word answer thing. Okay. All right. How would you describe yourself in one word? Juicy mango. (laughs) No. That's okay. That's okay. What is your favorite self-care practice? Nature. If you could teach the world one thing, what would it be? Joy. If you could be remembered for one thing, what would it be? Loving fully. What never fails to make you laugh? Dogs. That concludes our rapid fire section. Now back to our regularly scheduled program. What challenge in your life, Anna, has shaped you the most? The biggest challenge was going through my traumas and traumas which were childhood traumas. And then they basically brought me to the point when I had to overcome young adult traumas as well, which kind of came right after. So this, I don't know if if this is something we want to talk about, but there was a few different traumas, which are, you know, big T traumas. And they happened when I was five, then when I was seven. And then the another was a sexual trauma, which happened when I was 18. So all those traumas, they created PTSD and overcoming this PTSD patterns and depression, anxiety, which came with it was really hard. I'm sure I, I can't even imagine. But you've come out the other side of it because you did the work. You put in the work and you've overcome. So you should be very proud of how far you've come. Yes, thank you. (laughs) What's something surprising that you've learned about yourself in the past year? I learned that I actually can teach meditation. And I loved to do meditations. I think I started my meditation practice around 2010. So it's been around 13 years deeply practicing But I got empowered by one woman and she told me that my voice is very magnetic and soft, especially on this high quality mic. And she worked with my throat chakra, clearing the throat chakra, opening throat chakra. And she told me that this is going to help me to actually talk more and, you know, teach better. And I started to, right after, the month after, I started to teach meditations in person. And I started a YouTube channel with meditations as well. And yeah, this is something I I always had more of this uh, creative energy, but I was never that much at peace to be able to guide meditation. So this is very surprising uh, thing (laughs) I learned about myself last year. And I actually love it. Yeah. What aspect of your personality do you think has been the most helpful in your career? I think I'm definitely overcomer and and I love to learn. That's definitely th- those two things. And I love to learn from the best. 
people as well. The best in industry, when I was doing the photography, I tried to attend workshops and learn and learn and learn. And and then the same when I started with my coaching work and healing work, I also love to learn. Yeah. So learning and curiosity, I would say those two things are always kind of a constant yeah. In my life. <laughs> if you had the opportunity to sit down and have a one hour conversation with one woman, any woman in the world, who would it be and why? This would be Mary Magdalene. Okay. I would love to hear I would love to hear the story of Jesus from her seeing through her eyes and also hear her wisdom and you know, I think she was this underpowered underdog woman for some time and we don't give enough acknowledgement to her and i would love to hear her story if you could go back anna and give your younger self one piece of advice what would that piece of advice be oh this would be a swear word (laughs) (laughs) go ahead it's okay yeah it will be fuck it (laughs) first what people think about you because I always, I was always a little bit different and I got lots of bullying and judgment. That's the most important part, which would shape my life different, you know, be yourself, express yourself and fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Lastly, Anna, if you were to deliver your last 30 second speech to the world, your corner of the world, your tribe, your people, what would that last 30 seconds sound like? What words of wisdom would you impart? I would say that regardless what's happening around and regardless what's happening in their lives, we always need to focus on loving and focus on taking care of the people who are around us and creating the connections. And connections with the people are not constant. And it's not, you know, like we cannot make new friends or we can have friends, family, you know, later in our lives. So be open to the friend, be open to new connections, be open to loving people, be open to creating new realities and new timelines in your life, because this is all possible. And people are always around us and we often close off from them because of some stuff which is happening inside. But as soon as we open up, then the magic is happening and the people are not really there to judge us. Just open up to people, open up to new connections, to new possibilities and never close off. doesn't matter if you are 90 five of if you are 60 or if you are you know the connections and creating new social connections with people it's something which is always important but i believe that we can create beautiful new heart open social connections and you make new friends anytime in our lives Anna, thank you so much for taking the time to be here with me today and share a little bit about your story and your journey. It's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you. Keep shining your bright, beautiful light out into the world. And thank you. I am grateful to have you as a member of the Empowerography community. You are very welcome, Brad. Thank you so much for your kind words and hosting. My pleasure. Once again, my name is Brad Walsh, host of your Empowerography podcast. Today, my guest has been Anna Grace. She is a juicy creatrix, a certified life coach, an artist, 
a body positivity advocate, an Akashic Records practitioner, a Renaissance medicine woman, a wellness seeker, and an alchemist. Thank you so much, Anna. I hope you have an amazing rest of the day. Thank you, Brad. Have a beautiful day. Thank you. Thank you very much for listening to this podcast. If you haven't yet, please be sure to subscribe, rate, review, and share with all your friends. You can find me at visuphoria.ca and follow me on Instagram at Empowerography Podcast and on Facebook at Empowerography. Please join me next time for another inspirational story from yet another amazing woman.